And now, The Fine Print with attorney Jen Rout. Hi, and welcome to The Fine Print with Attorney Jen Rout. I am Attorney Jen Rout, and with me as always is my glorious sidekick, Ben Needenthal. I will take that all day long, uh-huh. lady. Thank you. Thank you. And we're also joined today again by Chris Alley. Hello. Hello. And welcome back for the fourth time. The, the, the Chris Alley wing is officially established here on the uh-huh. podcast, so yes. So yeah, so um, I asked Chris to join us today because we've actually had some comments and special well private messages on facebook saying we don't really understand what attorneys do ah yes um and one person kind of went on a little tirade about a bill they got not from us different attorney and they had research 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 all over it and nobody knew what that meant it means we're padding out the billing (laughs) so we're gonna make sure that you know so I'm going to be a real smart ass on this one because I, I wonder as well. Because um, you grew up with an attorney in I know, the house, and I watched him play a lot of golf. <laughs> so no, <laughs> no, he was a very he's a very hardworking guy. He's still working right now, but he is. Uh, uh, no, uh, so okay, so yeah, so I guess the the ultimate question is, what the hell do you guys do? So let's let's start like average day for you. Uh, and I'm going to pick on you especially because I know that you have uh, a schedule unlike most people. So um, I don't know so what you what mean time, by that. What time do you get up in the morning, guys? <laughs> I'm up at five every morning. Yeah. What about Me, you? I'm up at six. Yeah. All right. All right. So five o'clock. I mean, when do you first start checking emails? Uh, normally six, six thirty at the latest. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. And that's work-related stuff, that sort of thing. And oh, yeah. Yeah. So fires to put up pretty much immediately. Yep. Yeah. Normally. Um, right. I try to block out 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. to get some legitimate work done. Um, because at 9 a.m. I start with meetings. And on any given week or day, I may be booked hour by hour from 9 a.m. until 9 p.m. Um, mainly with client meetings, court appearances um phone calls there's a lot of phone calls that happen um for instance tomorrow afternoon uh in one case i am handling there is a motion for a receiver which means they want the other side wants to appoint some stranger to come in and run the business that these two partners are fighting about (laughs) I was going to guess a football thing. Right, no. Way off, so. yeah. but, the eligible receiver thing. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. you can only get a receiver if the business is in threat of falling apart, basically. Ah. And there's no threat of that here. So instead of us spending money going down for a hearing where I'm going to bring the accountant, then my the partner of the company I represent has to pay the accountant to come down to the office and in or go down to court it's a lot of extra money well why do that if we can get rid of the other side's concerns which they have basically been wrong every step of the way um because the other partner doesn't know business so they don't know how to read a profit and loss report or a cash flow report so we're having a phone conference tomorrow where we're all going to talk about this and it's going to be the two attorneys the accountant 
and mm. my client will be there. I don't know if his client will be there, but my client will be there in my office and we'll all have a phone conference. Okay. But that's working for a solution that should save everybody money. Yeah. Because then you have to pay the receiver once you have an, a receiver appointed. So now you're just adding cost and that's just silly. Yeah. So a lot of what my day consists of is handling those kind of problems. Streamlining the process so that it ends up costing your clients not more money, but less. less. That's the goal. Right. We want to avoid going to court. Right. We want no. to avoid, we want to work out as much as we can. Um, so even when we're going to trial, I have a trial in July and at our last pre-trial, which you have to go to the pre-trials, those are a little conference the attorneys have with a judge. So we go to a meeting and the other attorney and I, after we had set the trial date, we have everything scheduled and good. We're like, okay, can we just agree on all of these exhibits? Well, if you agree on everything ahead of time, then you don't fight about it and you're not wasting time doing it. And instead of having two papers, exhibit one for plaintiffs, exhibit A for defendants, we just have joint exhibits one through 30. Okay. And that way they're all there. And we, we all know what we're arguing about. And it's normally, you know, one perspective versus the other. But, you know, so there's that kind of thing. Um, the actual, what I call the actual attorney work I do, besides, you know, sitting with clients, giving advice, reviewing things, I do a lot of contract review. Um, but then there's, with that, there's also negotiation. So, you know, we're, um, I have a client who's buying a hotel. A ho big hotel that's, you know, $1.3 million purchase. Well, there's issues with those. You have to yeah. figure out a lot of details and who's right. paying for what and what time is the switchover and is the new is the buyer going to keep the employees? Are they not? Are they taking over accounts payable? Who's doing taxes and transfers? And there's a lot that goes into that. Yeah. Um, so you know, there's a lot of negotiation in that part. Um, the other big thing that I do a lot of is. Um, writing most attorneys are basically professional writers so poetry journals yes. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> law school pretty much zaps the creative writing out of us um yes it is motions or pleadings in general so huh. pleadings are the documents that get filed in court that's complaints, answers, motions, responses, proposed journal entries, uh, settlement agreements, contracts, okay, wills. What is, what is the most common one that you write, do you think? Uh, for me, I probably have three. Mm -hmm. I write a lot of contracts. I write a lot of wills and trusts, so estate planning documents. As far as litigation goes, the most we write are motions. Okay. So let's just say contracts because I think most people are familiar with at least the general form of a contract. Mm -hmm. How long does it take you to pre uh, prepare uh, your average contract? So a standard uh, real estate contract, like a residential real estate purchase agreement, um, they're normally three to five pages long and... With the consultation with the clients, normally a half hour. Okay. Um, which is why I charge a flat fee for them. Okay. So, plus... I imagine for something like that, there's some copy-paste involved because a lot of the stuff right. tends I, to be I have, similar. 
Exactly. I, no attorney starts from scratch. Right. We all have forms and things that we <laughs> have manipulated. Contract by Jen Rout. Right. Um, be, and you don't want to miss something. So, yeah. like, I have a form real estate contract, and certain provisions just have to be in there. Mm. For instance, um, there is a lead paste paint notification that says you need to get this pamphlet that says don't eat paint chips, um, among other things. But, you know. Because somebody at one point got sued. Right. So, <laughs> and somebody was dumb enough to eat the paint chips, yeah. too. Right. But before 1978, if your house was built before 1978, you have all sorts of lead in your house, most mm. likely. Yeah. You probably don't know it. So you just give the pamphlet just in case everybody signs off. So, like, there's certain form provisions that have to be in there. That doesn't take very long. 30 to 60 minutes, including all of the conferences with, a, with the client and answering their questions and all of that. Um, I just did a commercial lease mm. down in the Arena District in Columbus. It's 107 pages long. Oh that took God. days. I can imagine. And, you know, that's going back between the le- the landlord, who is a big, you know, real estate company, my client, making sure my client's needs are met, and because my client was with a franchise – the franchise also hmm. has to be met. And with that, there's personal guarantees. And it, it's complicated. Yeah. And it takes time. And you now have three attorneys who want to discuss language. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Which oh, means God. we will argue about a single word. This yeah. is why I do domestic, by the way. Right. Because yeah. I would... It, yeah, just the nitty-gritty... It would, it would the, be a CPO on somebody at that <laughs> from last episode um so you know that that's a lot of what i do and that's yeah. that's the everyday things but an investment up front protects you from the litigation on the back end right so you make sure those i's are dotted t's right. are crossed right so, so you mentioned earlier not going to court like trying to not go to court i mean you guys both spend a pretty fair amount of time in court right Chris more than I do. Me. I'm yeah. in court a lot. I try yeah. to avoid it. Yeah, uh, because court is expensive. It's very tight. It's like yeah. a black hole. You walk in there and you never know when you're going to get out. Yeah, your hearing could be set, and you could literally be in front of the judge or the magistrate for 15 minutes, but it's waiting to get in there and and whatever happens in the back end after that, trying to get out of the building. It's it's a black hole. You don't know if you're going to bill for an hour while you're there, or if you're going to be billing for the whole morning or the whole day. Wow. Just depending on what's going on. Right. And I would point out there there's some differences between the courts. So mm-hmm. Chris deals mostly with domestic and juvenile court. And yeah. what they do for their pre-trial status conferences, hearings, is they do what we call a cattle call. So they'll schedule so many cases at every hour of the day. Yeah. You don't know if you're going to be first up or last up or if something else has interceded and you have now been kicked to two hours down the road. Yeah. You don't know. Whereas... I play mostly in Court of Common Pleas, which is a little bigger dollar values. Um, that's It's $25,000 or more in damages. Mm. They have less cases, but their cases tend to be more serious um, versus constant caseloads yeah. for divorces that are just coming in and out constantly. Yeah. Um, these are a little bigger. They take a little more time. So we don't do cattle calls. We yeah. we go, if you're scheduled to see the judge at 1, you get there at a quarter till, 
you normally see the judge at one yeah. or sometimes earlier. Um, if you have a good judge who's, you know, good about that. So yeah. depending on which court you're in, your time changes. If you are in municipal court, which is $15,000 or lower. It's a free-for-all. It's a free-for-all. <laughs> you could be there all day. You don't know. You could wow. be first up, or um, I have two environmental cases right now that are cities complaining against my client for unsafe conditions and all of that. Yeah. Um, which is fine. Um, my client's trying to handle it. We might sit there for 90 minutes before we get called, but we have to sit there. Yeah. Well, can't be doing anything else at that time. Right. So that's a lot of waiting and if you're good at what you do like what a lot of chris does is he'll talk with other counsel and see what we can get worked out oh. during that time i, I yeah. kind of look at a lot of these hearings and status conference pre-trial meetings that we have to go to the court for as an opportunity to do a face-to-face -face negotiation yeah and a lot of people in the domestic court business juvenile court business that's what they look at those for because it's so hard to get all the parties together on one page at, at one time right right so you have everybody captive there waiting for yeah know, to see the wizard yeah. laws then you might as well take advantage of it see if you can get something done <laughs> that makes perfect sense yeah absolutely kill right. two birds with one stone yeah right okay so the, what is what is the i mean is court anything like what we see on tv no <laughs> i would say it's less formal okay in, in a lot of ways it's not as rigid, and a lot of the stuff. I, law school completely trashed my view of law and order. I can't even watch the show anymore. It used to be one of my favorite shows, yeah. and I and I watched it when I was in law enforcement because yeah. it was you know semi real to me at that point. But then you go through law school and you learn what the real stuff happens, and it's like yeah, I can't watch that garbage. Yeah. So huh. it, it's different different rules for different courts. Um, although you know evidence and those kind of things are pretty standard across the the spectrum. Um, but you end up a lot of times it's more it's less informal because the judge wants the information out of the people so yeah. they, they're not sticklers on what you can and can't say in a lot of cases unless you have you know counsel on both sides and they're really hardcore we, we most attorneys allow the clients on both sides to flex some with what they say and what they do as long as it's beneficial to their case. Right. <laughs> if you okay. go down a, if you go down a road that's going to be, you know, detrimental to your client, then obviously you're going to shut that down <clears> or try <throat> to shut it down. Yeah. Uh, but for the most part, they let people sit there and, and expand on whatever answer. If you ask a yes or no question, the person says yes, but, and they start expanding on that. You let them, you tend to let them run a little bit to see where they're going to go with it. Right. Um, whereas in a lot of TV shows, you end up with this hard and fast, I ask you a yes or no question and, you know, it doesn't usually happen. Right. The judge is going to give them leeway to explain whatever right. that answer is. Yeah, because um, yeah, there's conditional yes and no. So yeah, I mean, it's yeah, like, yeah, it's not, yes, everything's but not. There's a reason for why yes. Absolutely, yeah. there's no. It's rare that you run into a straight black and white answer to anything. Yeah, in these type yeah. issues, when you have a case in, in court. Yeah, there's this kind of I, I don't know predisposition to think of the law as black and white and it's really it's an exploration it's of the gray you know yeah, it's, it's the it minutiae of the gray you know? Here, here's the the uh the railings and you're supposed to stay somewhere in between them and good yeah. luck with that yeah right there's also a difference between when you have a jury and when you don't have a jury most cases do not have juries we always think about having a jury um <laughs> but it's mostly just it's like, mostly the judge. It's a bench yeah. trial. You, it's a, you're talking to the judge. Yeah. D domestic court, there are no jerseys. Huh. It's, it's all bench trial. Huh. Right. And often, 
um, because there's so many cases going through the courts, you can get a case tried faster if you waive jury. Now, you can't do that in a criminal case. Criminal cases that go to trial have to have a jury. Right. But depending on your issues in a civil case, sometimes you have complicated issues that your average jury juror will not understand. Yeah. And it's a lot of legal issues. So often you're better off to say, we don't want a jury. Let's try it to the judge or the magistrate just yeah. because... People know what what's going on with the information and how it works. Right. Yeah. And it's very technical. Yeah. And sometimes, like I have one case where the other side is trying to play a very emotional card. And it's a very sympathetic and gut-wrenching, they took this and now my son's dead and that's the only remnants I have. Yeah. That's an emotional you know, pull. Right. Well, a jury's going to get swept up into that. Right. And what, from our client's perspective is this was a business deal. They were supposed to develop a gemstone right. thing. It, you know, it's business to them. It was business to this guy before his son died, but now it's become this emotional thing. Right. I don't want that played up to a jury because right. they're going to lose sight of all the other issues. Right, right. So we've agreed to do that one by a bench trial. So that's just the judge. And you don't have a bunch of people sitting in the gallery behind you watching a trial. Normally those seats are empty. It's yeah. normally you, your clients, maybe your witnesses. Yeah. And that's about it. Um, so it, you don't have these crowded courtrooms yeah. for the most part. No. Yeah. It, Unless it, it's a high-profile case. Even in, in, case. in domestic court, they don't want all the the people yeah. in, in the yeah. the galleries they'll actually have people removed Leave. in a lot of cases huh. where they they want just the parties in there and so the judge don't have any distractions and the parties aren't distracted and you don't end up with any third wheels that have some unknown interest yeah. listening to everything so they can go use it against whoever's there right at a right. later point that case that jen was just talking about when you have somebody on the other side uh relying a lot on emotion that tends to make me think that their actual case is weak Right. Uh, and that's that's big in domestic court. When somebody's trying to play the emotion card like crazy, you know when it comes down to the facts that they either think they have an issue or there is an issue. <laughs> right, right. So, Right. Uh, the other thing, a lot of stuff happens not in a courtroom. Yeah. Um, so we have what's chambers. So it's the judge's chambers. Really, it's a conference room or the judge's office. <laughs> It's where the judge lives and, and, right. and sleeps. Back and, to my reference yeah. of the Wizard of Oz. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> you, you see what the judge is wearing underneath the robe type of thing. It's uh, sweats. It's right. very... It's, <laughs> as long as he's not Scottish. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but... They come out of a compartment in the wall. Yeah. <laughs> often, and parties, your clients find this really hard to believe, but often, uh, especially at the beginning, a judge doesn't want to talk to the parties. They want you to, they want to see counsel in chambers. So especially in the beginning, they want to hear the gist and let's set this for a schedule. And so attorneys go back into chambers with the judge. They talk things through and then they leave. It's necessary. It's still in that potentially cattle call format, but you're waiting to talk to the judge to manage the case. Yeah. And that's a big thing that clients often don't understand. Yeah. But there's a lot of, 
and compared to what you see on TV, there's a lot of things that happen that you don't see. Right. So the other big thing I would say is motion writing. Uh. Okay, so that that's where your research and writing really comes in. Yeah. And I mean, there's quick little motions. Motion for extension of time. Motion for... Yeah, a continuance on a hearing or something. Yeah. Those are quick little... They take five minutes, maybe yeah. ten. Um, the ones that take time are the ones that affect the case. Yeah. So, for instance, um, one way to get rid of a case is a motion for summary judgment. So that is a judgment based on what is written in the motions and responses for the judge to rule. And that could decide the entire case without a trial... Or it could decide part of the case. Often what you use motions for summary judgment for are to narrow the issues. Okay. Because when you file a complaint, you try to file for everything you think you can prove. Because you can't, it's hard to add on later. Right. So it's better to be a little more inclusive. Yeah. Even if you know you may not be able to prove some of these things, as long as there's some argument, you are legally supported. Yeah. So you can file that claim. Um, so a lot of personal injury attorneys, for instance, are ba- they're suing the defendant, but basically they're suing an insurance company for the insurance money on this car accident. Yeah. And if liability is disputed, that'll be the issue for motion for summary judgment. And they'll try to get rid of liability from the insurance side or the plaintiff side will say no. There's clearly liability, and you're trying to remove that as an issue from the trial, so the trial will be based just on damages. Right. But that's those are the times where it takes research and good writing, and okay. that's where we spend a ton of time, um, and clients don't realize, but there is new case law every day. So we are governed by law as far as statutes. You have Congress, um, federal level, state level. Those are all laws that are written and codified. Okay. And we can look those up. But then there's thousands of judges out there interpreting those laws. Yeah. So you have to, and it changes. All the time. Constantly. Yeah. So you have to research to see what new developments have happened and are there cases that are similar to yours and why should the judge rule in your favor? And that takes time because... You have jurisdiction, so, you know, we're in Columbus, so we're in the 10th district as far as Court of Ohio Court of Appeals. Um, we have county case law. We have our district case law. We have Ohio Supreme Court case law. Then we have federal case law. Plus, we have districts, um, other districts in Ohio that may not be controlling, but what if Franklin County has never specifically ruled on this issue or our district has never ruled on this issue. And let's say 4th District, with the, which is southeastern Ohio, says one thing, but um, the 9th District says something else. Well, now we're arguing which position works better and okay. why yeah. our judge should rule in our favor. So there's a lot of technical research and writing that really determine your case and it's very fluid believe it or not yeah that law can be written in black and white but as you know former president clinton (laughs) stated in under deposition it depends on what the definition of is is yeah 
that I mean, and it's no less than that. You end up with blame black and white terms in in the Ohio Revised Code or another statute, or or another law and municipal level, and those terms are subject to the definition that's assigned to them by the bench. Yeah. So you have to go through the case law and see how all these courts uh, treated those words and and those phrases to figure out exactly what they're after. Right. And it, it's something that is constantly evolving. And that's the biggest yeah. issue. Me and Jen both, if you sit us down, you give us facts, we can give you probably, I'm going to say 80 to 90% of the time, we can give you where this tra- this case is going to go. Yeah. If you can prove this, this, and this, and this is what you're after, you can get it or you can't get it. We can't guarantee it, obviously, but we can say you're you're likely to get be successful, you're likely to lose, one yeah. of those two. But all that is fluid depending on how the courts have treated those situations. So it constantly right. evolves. Right, and it also evolves um, when we're looking at jury verdicts. You know, the big jury verdicts come out, and you see that you know whatever company has a verdict against them of six hundred million dollars, or in our area, um, it was in the Cleveland area. Uh, police department has a judgment against it um, for a police shooting um tamir rice tamir rice thank you i think that was like five six million dollars yeah five Mm. or six million dollars they're not going to pay five or six million dollars right but so now if we have a similar case we have to look at all of the verdicts that have come out of not just that court because that's two and a half hours away from here right um but we also have to look down in southern ohio and what has been happening in central ohio because those verdicts are very different. You could yeah. have you ha- could have a court in southeastern Ohio and think they're doing a f- you a favor by giving you a hundred thousand dollars. Right. Whereas up in Cleveland, you might find a court or you know a jury is much more likely to give you three million dollars. Right. Compare and, and think they're doing you a favor. Right. So there's a lot of these strategies that. A lot of what lawyers do are think through the strategies, find the cases that are similar, distinguish the ones that we don't want to be compared to and why we are different Yeah. to make those arguments and be prepared to make those arguments so we can be the best advocate for our clients. Uh, okay. That's okay. what a lot of that research billing. So cross section of, of the legal structure at the moment is kind of what it yeah, is. It is. Much. Yeah. It where, is. Where, do you, where does your set of circumstances and facts fit into the big picture of things that have already been decided in the in the most recent time period? Right. 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 And that can be you know state, or if you have something in federal court, it can be you know as as big as the national picture. Yeah. Um. You know, typically you try to narrow it down to at least the Sixth Circuit, which is you know several yeah. states around. But so is that when somebody says you know we're we're citing precedent in another mm-hmm. case that's exactly that's exactly what, that's that, what is. that is right okay yeah, precedent is case law and, and okay. back to awards uh, the famous mcdonald's coffee cup case jen's favorite uh. <laughs> right? I, I actually think it was an awesome uh, verdict yeah. it was. because it yeah. was the amount of profit that mcdonald's makes off coffee coffee yeah, for one day for, for one day and which is a, a drop in the bucket yeah, yeah what was it six million dollars or something insane yeah. for yeah. right but again Third degree burns yep. after a hundred over a hundred complaints, mm-hmm. and they ignored yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. So I mean. So if you're a mom and pop restaurant and you have a client that gets burn on coffee at your restaurant, are you looking at six million dollars? Absolutely not. Yeah. 
because you have to back to the the perspective as far as what the company is what was the history of the company those kind of things those are all the things that we have to look at in each individual case right and try to find things that line up to that or as close to that so we can give a comparative view to our client yeah. of where this case is going to go. Yeah, and, and in that case, she suffered from, like, third-degree burns oh, yeah. and stuff oh, like yeah. that. I mean, and you think about yourself, like, I mean, I get coffee almost every morning. Mm-hmm. I, I have spilled coffee on myself. Yeah. I have never gotten a third-degree burn. It's never melted your pants <laughs> to your legs. never <laughs> melted anything to anything. Yeah. So think about how hot that had to be. Mm-hmm. And for them to have multiple complaints, things like I mean, it's it kind of, you know, it sounds ridiculous. Woman sues McDonald's for you know, spilling coffee on herself, but you know, you look at the nitty gritty of it and it's, those are important details. Yeah. Right. And so really any lawsuit is much like a chess game. You are doing all the research and legwork and what we call discovery. Discovery takes forever. It is exchanging evidence and doing uh, depositions, which are basically recorded interviews Um, with a court reporter where the person being interviewed is under oath to gather your evidence and to learn what's good for your case and what's bad for your case, figuring out where that works with case precedent, and then making the strategic moves leading up to trial and during trial to win your case while all the other times working on the side for a settlement. Right. Because at the end of the day, we want a settlement if we can get it it's certainty it's less stress for the client it's less cost yeah but you have to play the game to a certain point to have all your players in the right place yeah in order for that settlement to work right so even like the case i mentioned where we're talking to the accountant tomorrow that's setting us up for settlement yeah. because I really believe that once this attorney talks to the accountant, the attorney's going to go, I have no case. Right. So what can we do? Right. In which case, we can work something out. But until this point, they haven't been even open to that. And it's been a battle. Everything has been a battle. Yeah. And it shouldn't be. That's not what's best for the client. But we get adversarial, and then you're just bumping heads. Yeah. And at that point, the billable hours just racking up if you're the client. Absolutely. Because, I mean, lawyers get paid for their time. If they're working on your case, it's time that they can't be working on something else. Right. So I think that's that's probably one of the biggest things that I like about being an attorney is the difference between, you know, you have people come through the door with the biggest, baddest, most, uh, I guess, gruff attorney that I can find. Well, no, you don't. (laughs) If you really like spending money, yes, you do. (laughs) You want somebody that can talk to the other side that, uh, if they have to go to trial, can smile and stab somebody in the back at the same time. But but on the front end of that, want to be able to talk through issues with the other side and come to a conclusion that's best for all parties, um, that's that's reasonable. Um, Typically, in most circumstances, it's very rare that one party comes out a, a dominant clear distinct winner right usually everybody loses something in in, when you go to court yeah so it's just a matter of of loss mitigation reducing the amount of of damage to both clients and everybody uh, getting i guess the basics of what they want and going on their little happy ways yeah without fighting it out to the very deadly end (laughs) yeah 
Unless there's some sort of outburst from the audience during a court session. They think, you killed my father! And then they right. drag him out. And, <laughs> and that blows the case wide open all the right. time. That happens oh, yeah. that... every time, I'm sure, right? Uh-huh. You watch way <laughs> too much TV. <laughs> Specifically Daredevil lately. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> uh, no, they had this thing where it's... Uh, there's a character that's going around killing all of these people. They're all bad people, but they got to trial by like episode four of the of this season, and it was just like, whoa! It's like, it, it, I mean, it takes forever for a, a huge yeah. criminal case like that to get to trial. Oh yeah, I mean, even so, your standard civil case, your tri- when you file a civil case, your trial is set a year from the date you file yeah. and normally it gets continued a couple times. Yeah. And it's worse with domestic cases. The, the timetable it's Ohio Supreme court sets for uh, divorces without kids is a, is a 12 month calendar. They want it done by the 12th month. Huh. Um, if you have kids though, that expands out to 18 months. Wow. So you can potentially be in court fighting for your kids and everything else for 18 months. Of your and life. that's, and that's by like, that's what they want. To that's what they want. Yeah, that's that what they want. It, and I'm right. sure it yeah. happens all the time. So yeah, it's yeah. A, man. So it's a costly process and you want to be okay. back to be cautious. And it's always better to deal with the attorneys up front before you get into business with someone, before you yeah. file a lawsuit, before, you know. Before you get married, come have your spou- your future spouse interviewed by your attorney. <laughs> or, or at least, there's or a couple have, that really should have, do yeah, that. Yeah, they should. There's a bunch of bad judgment. Um, <laughs> or, or, you know, that joking aside, if you have significant assets before you're going into marriage, come talk to an attorney about a prenup. Uh, right. All right. So what is the dumbest thing you've seen Hollywood do about the law? Suits. <laughs> okay. The TV show Suits. All it right. absolutely would not ever, ever happen that anyone would go to law school, not be able to pass the bar, and they would all commit fraud <laughs> for him to show up and act like an attorney. It's never going to happen. <laughs> ever. <laughs> ever, ever. We would all lose our license. We'd be in prison. You can't do it. There you have it. Yeah. Ridiculous. What do you think? I, I don't know. My my TV watching days are very limited between kids shows. <laughs> so, Sophia the First. Uh, awesome. Yeah, Sophia the First. Anything by Disney, uh, you know, Miles from uh, Neverland or wherever. The, I don't even know what the name of that show is now. It's got a, some crazy looking futuristic huh. ostrich in it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that far along with mine yet. Yeah, we're still watching Minions at the moment. Uh, so, well, yeah. Minions are big at our house too. Yeah, as yep. far as yeah, but as far as serious fiction TV, eh, I'm not a big one on that one. Yeah, I get I get enough of that from from uh, clients on the other side. Yeah. yeah, most things in Law and Order, you know. Yeah. The judge. Are factual is the end of that sentence, right? Yeah. yeah. I, like I said before, I can't even watch that show yeah. at this point after going through law school. It's just yeah. so much. Because you're constantly yelling at the TV, you can't do that. Or, <laughs> no, you're supposed to do it this way. And you just, it runs it. Yeah. Right. The most accurate, I minus the actual dialogue, but actually in A Few Good Men, where someone convicts himself on the bench... Like uh, while while they're testifying. Oh yeah. Um, that does actually happen huh. from time to time. I had one case where we were just suing the company, and the owner of the company 
got on the stand and testified and the judge just we just let him talk basically and he basically said said everything he had to say to say i'm also personally liable for all of this see that's that's the mistake that i would make because i'm an over share and so like yeah the you you'd need to keep me off the stand at all costs because otherwise i just blow my own case right so yeah. he he you know people will say things that end up getting them in trouble that's crazy it, were are you going to hear the you know i want the truth type yeah. of statements no um it's not going to be that yeah that adversary. dramatic no, that's, yeah. When yeah. The, that's when the attorney gets carried out of the courtroom by the bailiff right you're you're that's not going to happen yeah you're screaming um, at the yeah not happening <laughs> But, I mean, I've had, during a deposition, someone threatened to shoot me. That was recorded on a deposition. Wow. Um, because <laughs> it was a land dispute, whatever. So, I mean, cl- people say silly things that yeah. get them in trouble. Yeah. Um, and, you know, to read back the transcript, everyone's like, you were even being nice. How'd you get threatened? Like, <laughs> I don't know. But, you know client they're they're under pressure and they will say things that get them in trouble and yeah. it's and it's likely a pressure situation they've never been in before yeah right and they can imagine all they want they can watch law and order all they want but yeah. until they're in a position where they're being asked questions and they're supposed to be giving answers responsibly they don't know how they're going to react and yeah. neither do you as an attorney so you have to try to prep them as much as possible and explain to them you know if if you're a talker like you yeah. are when you get on the stand, listen to the ca- the yeah. question carefully. Be careful be, about what you say. Be careful what you say. Answer only the question asked and be short and sweet and to the point. Yeah. And don't ramble. Yeah. If you ramble and after we get out of here, you're toast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, I mean, that's the other thing we do is it's a, it's a lot of, I'm going to call it hand-holding, but really it's coaching. It's, okay, you've vented to me. Yeah. Now you're done. Yeah. Now let's really think through what you need right to explain yeah without all of the extra commentary right right or you know so that that's all also i would say we do a lot of coaching and psychotherapy not really we just listen to a lot of drama but i mean yeah. that that's mm-hmm. when well, you had mentioned before that that's one of the reasons why you, you your law enforcement background has really come in handy for this because you it's taught you how to listen to people and yeah, you it tends to just completely drain the emotions out of the situation for me. Yeah, I, I don't care if you're crying. I don't care if you're mad as hell. It doesn't matter to me. What, right. What's the facts? What's your situation? So I can see a if you're a rational person. Right. Two, I can look at it. I think in the same way the court's going to look at it because the court is so jaded. They hear these things constantly. Yeah. Whether oh, yeah. it be in civil court or domestic court, they hear this big. Sob story, drama, yeah, you know, yeah. Little Billy fell out the window, and the owner of the building should be responsible. Okay, little Billy fell out the window. Why did he fall out the window? Yeah. You know, we understand you lost, you know, in this case, this scenario, a child, <laughs> which is absolutely horrible. <laughs> yeah, Let's just skate past yeah. that part, you know. But but the court gets down to the to the brass tacks and things, and, you know, what's the situation that happened? Yes, it's yeah. horrible what the situation is, but we need to know whether there's liability there or whatever. Right. So I think my history with that helps me a lot with just skipping past the emotional crap. Because yeah. there's a lot of attorneys out there, and I'm sure Jen's seen a ton of them too, that actually get sucked into this stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they want to tell the drama. And, and they and they they push that as part of their, their story and their, their argument in court. 
Yeah. And you, it, it's frustrating because it's like, you know, you can be mad as all get at, you can be hurt as all get at, but when it comes down to it, what in the world is actually going on and what are the facts? Yeah. And that's what the court wants to hear. Yeah. They want to look at the facts and figure out what the best course of action is to make that, make sure that everybody is, I guess, satisfied with the outcome or it is the most justice, that, the most yeah. justified outcome yeah, of the that, entire Yeah, that's thing. pretty much what you're after. Yeah, what should happen in this situation. And, and I constantly coach my clients as far as the way their mindset should be, how to handle things. And you tell them, yes, it's an emotional issue. The longer the case goes on, the more those emotions are going to crank down and go away some. When yeah. it's a brand new, fresh thing, everything's raw and you're mad as hell or hurt as hell. But what you need to do now is start thinking strategically. Right. What am I trying to accomplish? How do I get there? Right. And a lot of them listen to me, and some of them don't. <laughs> so you have to manage that as you go. Yeah. yeah. Client management is important because, you know, at the end of the day, we are basically independent third parties. We don't have to live with these decisions afterward. Right. You do yeah. as the client. So it has a little more importance to you. Yeah. Um, it's very personal and we want to be cognizant of that, but we also have to tone it down, especially in the domestic side, because if someone cheated, if someone, it doesn't matter. They could have been the most horrible person in the world. It does not matter. The only time in in Ohio, the only time the court really cares whether or not you're cheating on your spouse is if the other spouse was paying for it. Um, Or if there's some type of financial issue or something that really with the kids was impacted. Just the the actual affair itself. Doesn't matter. Back to the courts being jaded. They see it all the time. Yeah. Okay, well, we're beyond that. So, you know, what do we do with what's left over? Yeah. 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 Just because it's the biggest thing that's happened in your world doesn't mean the courts haven't seen it a million times. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. So... So, yeah, so that's what we do. We handle drama. Fun. fun. We'll have to approach that later because I think that might be kind of a fun thing where if viewer or viewers, listeners, the people who view podcasts, um, want to write in and say, you know, what is this? What, you know, what do you do about this? You know, I mean, yeah. what, what does this look like? What's this actually like? You know, because the law is probably a lot less sexy than people think it is. Oh, yeah. We've all seen that meme yeah. out there. What people, what the general public thinks we do, what yeah, yeah. our mother thinks we do, and then what we actually do. Yeah. Yeah. Which is just reading cases, I'm sure. Just endless cases. And yeah. Paperwork. A lot, and a, lot paper. a lot of paper. A lot of paper. And yeah, insane amount of paper. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> anyways, um, let's get to Ben's joke of the week, but first, some housekeeping. If you would like to follow us on social media, you can find us on Facebook. That's our primary landing page where you can comment, get news, ask questions, suggest topics for future episodes, or really just share with us. We, we like to see that. Uh, if you are already following us, thank you. We love you. Uh, you can also follow Boxland Media on Facebook as well. We do lots of things up to and including putting out the fine print with Jen Route every week. John Route is your name now. Yeah, fascinating. Um, and if you're a Twitter user, I am at the Almighty Ben on Twitter. Jen is not on Twitter, nope. uh, but if she was, it would be something like uh, at Attorney Jen Route or something. I don't know. I'm, I'm just speculating. I'm not on it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And Chris is not on Twitter either. Either. So, anyway, uh, if you are new to the show, welcome. We hope you come back. If you like the show, please go to iTunes, rate and review us. It really uh, helps us out on our overall visibility on the world's largest podcast 
repository, and we greatly, greatly appreciate it. Yes, we do. And finally, we would like to thank you, all of our listeners. It is because of you that our podcast even exists. If you like what you hear, please hit the subscribe button. And remember, sharing is caring. Jen, would you like to hear the lawyer joke of the week? Always. All right. What do you get when you run an honest lawyer competition? <laughs> I don't know. No winners. Oh. Yay. <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, until next week, everybody, I am Ben Needenthal. And I'm attorney Jen Rout. With us today with, is Chris Alley. Uh, explaining again, ignorance of the law excuses no man from following it. All right, folks. We'll see you next time. This program is meant to be informative in nature and does not constitute actual legal advice or form an attorney-client relationship in any way. Views and opinions stated in this program are solely the views and opinions of the speaker. Each situation is different. Always consult an attorney in your state to analyze your specific legal needs. This program may change your views of attorneys in general, as they are not what they seem on TV. I mean, seriously, could the main character in Suits actually exist in real life? Boxland Media. Think big.